Welcome once again to the Sports Events and Entertainment Network brought to you by Visit Myrtle Beach. I'm your host, Catherine Nero. And you know, in this podcast series, you know by now, we like to introduce you to all the fun folks from the Sports Events and Tourism Association, all of its partners around the country, and the great work they do together. Today, we are joined by Melissa Thompson, Vice President of Bids and External Affairs from the Indiana Sports Corp. Melissa, thank you so much for joining us today. Absolutely. I'm excited to do this. All right. So first, let, let's start with the easiest question all day. Tell us about yourself. Tell us about your team and what you guys do there. Sure. Um, we are one of the oldest and largest sports commissions in the country, which we hold that title proudly. Um, but we are, I think, known mostly for doing um, incredible Final Fours, um, a couple incredible, all right, an incredible Super Bowl, getting the opportunity to host the entire uh, March Madness tournament in 2021, um, and just lots of other incredible events that we've been able to do over our over 40 year history um, as a sports commission. And so um, my role, that I, I did not come from sports. I'm new sort of to the sports industry within the last five or six years, but I, um, I like to say I came from community development. I worked in, um, I worked for the our local city government for several years, and then I worked for our downtown association for a couple of years. And so all of the jobs that I have held have helped build our community. And I really believe that's the job of the Sports Commission, not to just bring great sporting events and create economic impact, but to also create great community um, for the people that live in that city. You're exactly right. And when you think about a sports event coming to town, let's take the Super Bowl, for example. Um yeah. It the Super Bowl, the sports part of the Super Bowl is this big compared to yeah. what else is happening and the hundreds of thousands of people who are coming to the fan fest and things like that. So truly, um, as, as much as when we talk to people on this podcast and they've been in sports their whole lives, being in the community side of things is just as important. Would you agree? Absolutely. Because you uh, you know the work organizations that are going to be um, to be able to benefit from the event that you're putting on, you mm -hmm. know, the right people to contact and you know, really how to galvanize your community to get them involved in that in that single sporting event, but then all the things that are happening around it. You have had, you mentioned these enormous, huge events, um, ones that are internationally known. You've got another one coming up that um, I, I have to know more about. This involves swimming and football. And I'm going to need you to explain that, Melissa. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so we, we've had a really great partnership with USA Swimming for a very long time. We have one of the premier natatoriums in the country. And for many years, the natatorium hosted Olympic swimming trials. Um, but then they outgrew, USA Swimming outgrew uh, the natatorium. And so they went to a different venue, and for the last couple of trials, they have been building pools in basketball facilities or basketball venues. And they've outgrown those. And so they came to us and asked us if we would consider being the first um, city to put Olympic swimming trials in a football stadium. And so we will, um, because we are really great at basketball events, we will set up the uh, stadium in a half court setup. So we'll run a center hung curtain down the middle and then we'll build a competition pool on one side and then we'll have two warm up pools on the other side. Um, but it will increase their capacity for spectators from about 13,000 to 29,000. Uh, so it will, it'll be an incredible nine days of swimming in Indianapolis, along with a, tons of other events 
um, from, you know, a, a fan fest, which they call the Aqua Zone, to okay. uh, an outdoor USA Swimming Live, which is a giant party. Um, but I think one of the other really cool things about this event is that 100 years ago, the Olympics were held in Paris in 1924. 100 years ago, the Olympic swimming trials were held in Indianapolis. Oh. So there's some really great, cool synergy and storytelling yeah. that happens around this event just because we're a hundred years later, we're, we're hosting this event again. So how exciting is it to be the first and to, to know that you can do it, but to have never done it. And so the thought process is all behind that. How is this going? It's also, it's all, it's super scary. <laughs> like there's, there are moments when we're like, we have a lot of tickets to sell and we haven't gotten there yet. And, and how are we really going to get these pools in this stadium in the time frame that we need to get them in and get them out. Right. So um, there's really some, um, there's some scary moments to it, but it's also some really exciting moments knowing that you're going to be the first. Uh, we got super lucky in the sense that the stadium needs to replace the turf this year anyway. And so they'll, as soon as uh, actually, as soon as the combine is over here in a couple of weeks, they'll take the turf up and they'll be able to build the, the pools on concrete before they put turf back down. So so interesting and so creative. And I would let's talk about that end of things. When we think of big events, uh, of course, we think of those the the national championships and the and March Madness and Super Bowls and such. But how is it um, from your perspective to find something like this and, and maybe even other events, bigger, smaller, or in between, that kind of work those creative juices? I mean, it's fun. It, it's it's really fun to challenge yourself. There are there are some events that we do every single year, mm-hmm. and it can get a little monotonous, or you, you know what I mean. And yeah. so you've got to find something to make you. I mean, it, unless you're gonna you're gonna die if you're not being creative, if you're not changing, right? So even with a Final Four, the NCAA is really good about pushing us to to be creative and how we're gonna do those things. So, but it is fun to do something new in a sport that. Uh, yes, we do NCAA championships for swimming and diving, but we've never done our team anyway. The team that we have right now has never done anything this big from a swimming perspective. So it is, it's really cool to get the chance to really push and to lean in and be creative and, and find new ways to do things and, and find new ways to engage fans in our community. So what many of the members of sports ETA do is all about its community, but it's relationships. And how has your background kind of coming from outside of sports allowed um, for those relationships that, that uh, maybe other people with different backgrounds might not have had? Yeah. So I, I mean, I talked a little bit about having worked for the city and, and to be honest, I worked in, I uh, worked in our council office. So everything I did was relationships within um, within our, with our counselors, with our constituents. Um, and so a lot of, you know, jokingly yesterday, I said to some interns, it doesn't matter what the event is. An event is an event is an event, right? Mm -hmm. The, the mechanics of an event are all the same. It's the same way with relationships. The mechanics of building relationships are all the same. It may be a different reason that you're doing it, but, but building relationships and knowing how to talk to people and understand it and really get to know people and understand what their needs are it is the same no matter what industry you're in. So I think that's something that because I have such a long history of that, I bring that to the organization. Um, and then uh, I know we kind of talked a little bit about being on the board. Mm-hmm. Um, that that background that I have of working with a city council office, I can bring to 
the board, just from a structure and a governance perspective that yeah. I think a lot of our other board members don't necessarily have. Let's talk about that experience being on the board. What has been surprising to you? What have you learned? What have you shared and maybe taught other people there on the board of directors? Um, I've, I hope I've helped us level up a little bit. Um, <laughs> I mean, that's kind of been my goal, right? Like there's, um, we have a responsibility to the organization and its membership to really, um, to, to push the staff, to be more creative, to do really great things and to really lean into what they can provide for the organization. And I'm not sure that we always did that really well. And so my hope is that we've been in an, in a, supportive way, have encouraged the staff, but then um, that I hope as a board member in a supportive way, I've helped other board members feel the um, freedom to be able to do that and not feel like that their voice is just a silent one sitting on a board or a, or a yes person or whatever. And I mean, I don't think that's what they want. And I don't think that's what um, what what they hope from us. They want us to to challenge what they're doing and and help make everybody better. So I'm sure that's exactly what it's been like, especially for the members who are looking to that board of directors uh, for guidance. Let's talk about uh, the Indiana Sports Corp. Anything else coming up that we need to be aware of? Um, we, in addition to Olympic swimming trials, we have another final four in 2026, which we're excited about working toward that. Um, and then we will for, it'll, it'll be the first time in 12 years in 2028, we'll host a women's final four, which we're very excited about. Um, so we, we have, uh, and then another, another final four in 2029. So we'll have three final fours in three years, oh my goodness. which will be, yeah, <laughs> we just like to, we like to just jam it all in it there all. together. Get it all in there and just don't <laughs> sleep for ages. Yeah. The parents who have kids all really close together. Cause they're all being diapers at the yes, same time. That's kind exactly, of the idea. Yes. Yeah. But even this year we have division one men's swimming and diving. We have a first and second rounds and those are all within seven days. Um, for the um, second time, the NCAA NIT championship will be held outside of New York City. Um, and so we will host that at historic Hinkle Fieldhouse. Oh, nice. And then the NCAA also created the WBIT, which is the um, women's version of the NIT. And so those will be held on alternating days at Hinkle Fieldhouse uh, and right, right before the final fours. That's so we're excited about that. Too. That's all in like a, you know, three week time period. It's fine. So you'll sleep next year. We understand. Yes, that's how it'll work. Uh -huh. Thank you so much. July. Yeah. yeah, there you go. That's what the summers are for. <laughs> Melissa, thank that's you right. so much for joining us. Melissa Thompson, the Vice President of Bids and External Affairs for the Indiana Sports Corp. And thank you for watching and listening to, of course, the Sports Events Entertainment Network brought to you by Visit Myrtle Beach. I'm Catherine Nero. Once again, thanks for watching and listening, and we'll see you next time.